Hallelujah. I'm going to start something today that I haven't done in a long time. We we go through teaching. We go through series of teaching on Wednesday night. And by the way, we're going to be starting a new series on the life, work, and ministry of the Apostle Paul. Uh, um, we got a suggestion. I've been and, and the the things I've been doing the last two or three times it came out of uh, people's suggestion, and we try to uh, cover things that. Uh, uh, Issues that people want to hear about and learn about, and we're going to be we're going to be studying uh, the life of the Apostle Paul, and uh, by going through his life, there's a lot about the New Testament we're going to find out and learn because the Apostle Paul was responsible for two thirds of the New Testament, and uh, I've been working feverishly. I've been, I've already I, I started uh, uh, weeks ago preparing this study. Uh, and uh, I didn't have I didn't have nothing in my notes or in my uh, in my laptop uh, uh, to fall back on because I've really never it, 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 I really never dealt into it um, and uh, so I I have I have put a lot of sweat time and prayer and study into this and uh, getting it together and uh, it's going to do everything I can do to keep myself up with it as we get into it. Uh, and so uh, that's going to begin Wednesday night. We meet 7.15 for prayer. Service starts at 7.30. And uh, come, and uh, I'm gonna, those, those are regular Wednesday night people who are, are you, you know, I mean, we, we, some of the power, uh, testify some of the powerful services we, we have around here is on a Wednesday night. Amen. Amen. It wasn't but a couple of Wednesday nights ago again. We had one where I didn't get a chance to teach. You know, and um, so, uh, and it's it's uh, it's uh, it's just it, it's great and uh, uh, to uh, to be in, uh, involved in that. But I'm going to be starting a series this morning. Last Sunday being uh, uh, Easter Sunday and uh, uh, the Passover, uh, Pentecost uh, is the next main event for the church, and. Uh, Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. That's what the name Pentecost means. It's 50. That's all it really means. Um, and it's 50 days. That brings us up to May the 23rd. Um, and that's our old timers day, by the way. It's going to be Pentecost Sunday. And uh, we'll be having our service and then we're going to have, we'll have lunch under the tent outside. There won't be service Sunday night. I don't, I haven't got, Anything yet? I don't know if they're going to have the Pentecost celebration where all the churches get together. I haven't been contacted. Usually, I'm contacted before now, uh, but I will let you know about that. But I'm going to start a series of sermons, and it's I'm really going to be doing some. We got to, we got to create a word here, and we got to create a word, and we're going to be doing some treaching, I guess. Hallelujah! But on. Uh, the uh, the person, work, and power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, since uh, we're going headed into Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we want to get more acquainted with the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, it's uh, the person of the Holy Spirit, the work and the power and all, and all, all about it. And so I'm beginning today and uh, with a, a, ser- a series of messages, facts and facets of the Holy Spirit. And uh, 
uh, our our first sermon message today. Uh, uh, I'm going to call it God's Life-Giving Force. God's Life-Giving Force. We're going to be reading out of the book of Romans. We're going to read more Scriptures than what I normally read. But we're going to read Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And um, I'm hoping and praying two things out of these next several weeks. Number one, that everybody here, by the time the pastor gets through, uh, when anybody asks a question about what is it with you Pentecostals and the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to give them a good answer. The Bible says we're supposed to be ready at all times to give an answer to any man who asks us of the reason that light that's within us with meekness and fear. Hallelujah. So I want you, first of all, to really get a good grip of this uh, 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 thing about the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, and then secondly, um, anybody in the house who is yet to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I want to see you filled with it. Because the Holy Ghost, Brother Darrell, is not an option. There are some things we look to at options. I'm going to tell you what. You know yourself, as bad as this world's getting, we got to have all the help we can get to get through. And uh, I had a problem in my life, even after I, I've been uh, going to church for a long time, and even after a fir- the first year after I was called to preach, I started preaching. I, I had a problem in my life still, you know, when I mash my thumb or get mad, I want to come out with a few choice words, you know. And I, I mean, and I, it, it, I, I didn't like to do it, and I didn't want to do it, and I knew it wasn't right doing it. But you know what? I wasn't able to nip it, as, as Barney Fife said, I wasn't able to nip it in the bud till I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost gave me the added strength I needed to finally get rid of that. And thank God, give me enough strength down through the years to grow in Christ and get rid of. And I'm still getting rid of some stuff. Hallelujah, glory. As the songwriter said, He's still working on me. Can anybody identify with that? He's still working on me. Hallelujah. All right, let's see what Paul wrote here about this God's life-giving force in the book of Romans, chapter eight. There is therefore now. Everybody say now. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, that's another word for the Holy Ghost, and Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, notice there now, Jesus didn't come in sinful flesh, just the likeness of it. There wasn't no sin in Him, no guile found in His mouth. Hallelujah. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, according to the Holy Ghost. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word means hostile. It's hostile toward God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We need to chew on that before we swallow it. If you really want to live your life pleasing to God, you've got to get out of your flesh. Hallelujah. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Ghost, it's another phrase for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that's another, that's another phrase for the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of God is the same thing. The Bible says there's only one Spirit. Even so, you're called in one hope of your calling. Hallelujah. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're not none of His. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit of life, there's that Spirit of life again, because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. Look at your neighbor and say, give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. From those Scriptures, my focus text is that last verse. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also... Now, the original King James says quicken. And that word quicken means will give life or make, make you alive in your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. God's life-giving force. Let's pray. Fathers, we come today. We thank you, God, for the privilege to be in your house and your service one more time. I thank you, God. We've been able to come together, fellowship with our family and our friends. We have spent time in worship. We have given worship unto you, and we have had our fellowship. And now we've come to sit at your table to feast from your word. Lord, I know I'm incapable of declaring anything as powerful and as, as precious as your word. So I'm asking for your anointing to rest upon me. Not to rest upon your word. Your anointing is always on your word. But let it fall upon me right now that I may deliver what I, you have put up in my heart to speak to the people today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, you can be seated. Hallelujah. God's life-given force. Hallelujah. Give me a few minutes to lay some foundation just to talk just a little bit about this Holy Spirit before we get into the main message. The Holy Spirit, it's also known in the Word as the Spirit of the Lord. It's called the Spirit of God. It's called the Spirit of Christ, etc. Then there's many other uh, names for the same thing. But the Holy Spirit is God Himself Active in His creation. 
I want to first start off by telling you there's not three physical thrones sitting in heaven. One throne for the Father, and one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Jesus sitting over on, uh, on the right hand of the Father, looking over at the Holy Ghost on the other, on the, on, on the other side over there. Hey, what's happening, Spirit? What's going down? John uh, chapter 4 says, God is a spirit. The being of God, God is a spirit. Being a spirit, He's invisible. Nobody, nowhere, no how, can ever point to a particular spot and place and say, God is right here. Or God's over there. The reason why you can't do that is because He's a spirit being. And if the Holy Spirit is a spirit, and if there's, if that means there's two spirits, then that makes the Bible contradict itself. And I don't know about you, but I'm leaving here and go do something else because none of this stuff don't mean nothing. The Bible will lie about one thing or contradict about one thing, and ain't never no count. Man, that gets tight. Hallelujah. But we need to understand that throughout the Scriptures, there's a lot of things that the Bible gives various phrases and names for, but it's the same thing, referring to the same thing. You can say, you can say uh, I've got six eggs, or you can say I've got a half a dozen, but you're still talking about the same thing. Amen? Now, all through the Scripture, the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is known as the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, Spirit of life, many others. And I, I'll in, take all my time if I try to give them all to you, but, so I can't do it. But the Holy Spirit is not the third person of the Godhead sitting on a third throne somewhere over here. The Holy Spirit is God Himself active in His creation. Just as the term spirit carries the basic meaning of living power, so the expression Holy Spirit represents God, especially in His creative, life-giving, and energizing activity. Hallelujah. The additional description of holy signifies the absolute separateness and distinction of the Holy Spirit from all that is creaturely and earthly. Hallelujah. Holy is thus essentially the equivalent of that which is divine, identifying the Holy Spirit as literally God. Hallelujah. Amen. And you and I are either living our life by the Spirit or we're living our life by the flesh. Amen. In accordance with the meaning of the name, the Scriptures portray the work of the Spirit fundamentally as the life giver. Both in the original creation and especially in the regeneration and renewing of that creation. The Holy Spirit is a life giver. You came into this world and even though the doctor 
popped you on the backsides and you started squalling out, yet you still don't have real life. You was born without life. You was born dead. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you know that phrase, dead man walking? Dead man walking? Of course, that's, that's referring to a man who's condemned and living on the uh, uh, on death row waiting, waiting to be executed. But I want you to know, everybody everywhere who's yet to be saved, to be born again by the water spirit, you're just a dead man walking. A dead woman walking. The Holy Spirit is a life-given force. That's one thing we need to focus on and understand about the Spirit of God. This involves the bestowal of God's life to mankind. Thus, all that God is and does for His people is finally conveyed by the Spirit, whom God gives to indwell His people in direct communion with the human spirit, a fellowship of the infinite with the finite. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and soul, it fuses and links with your human spirit. Hallelujah. And you have, you have from that moment a 24-7 communion, a 24-7 fellowship, Communion with God through your spirit, your human spirit. God is a spirit, uh, as the scripture I talked about referred to a while ago, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Now, I have taught on that before, but it's been a long time. Let me throw that in just, just briefly and quickly. God is a spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, His His presence, His divine force. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. That That's not talking about whoo, the Holy Ghost here. Worshiping in spirit ain't mean us cranking down on a B3 Hammond organ 95 mile an hour and singing some kind of song. Beating on the drums and all that. That's, there, there's two spirits involved in John 4, 24. God is a spirit. They to worship Him must worship Him in spirit. That second spirit is your spirit, your physical spirit, your human spirit. You don't worship God in your flesh. You never have and you never will. Because even though you're a child of God, guess what? Your body's still sinful. It's filled with sin. It's cankerous. It's cankerous with sin. Cankerous is no good. Your body is just as low down and no good for nothing as it ever was before pastor or anybody else baptized you. That's it, brother. And if we'll follow that nature that we still got, we'll still want to do the same old things we always did. We'll still want to go off half-cocked sometimes. I read a church sign the other day that I really liked. 
that church sign was talking about patience. And it gave the definition of what patience is. It says, patience is the ability to come down before you blast off. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's pretty good. Especially when you're doing involved in road rage out here driving around the metro. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Patience the ability to come down before you blast off. Hallelujah. God is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, the power, the divine. He that worships must worship in spirit in your spirit. You worship God in your spirit. See, true worship is not what you do from here. It's not lip service. Hallelujah. True worship is what's coming from down deep inside you, apart from your natural being. God does not accept anything that you do in your flesh. He don't want anything that you do in your flesh. You know how much He loves your flesh? He loves your flesh so much, He's going to let it go back to the dust as soon as He yanks your spirit out of you and carries it back with Him. Hallelujah. Some people think that He's going to poof back up that same fleshly, dustly parts laying in a casket in the grave at the resurrection. But that ain't what's going to be. When, when, when you resurrect, you're going, to, you, you're going to have a glorified body. It's not going to be carnal. It's not going to be fleshy. It ain't going to be nothing like what you've got right now. It may resemble it. Hallelujah. But, it's, but, but the aspects about it are going to be gone. I've got, hallelujah. This, this can really get in depth here. Hallelujah. Um, and this series of messages leading up to Pentecost Sunday... It's going to be my aim to introduce you to the person, work, and power of the Holy Spirit in an effort to acquaint you exclusively to scriptural evidence of the reality and relevance in the lives of believers in the 21st century church age. You see, a lot of people don't believe in the reality of the Spirit of God in the 21st century. They don't believe it's relevant. A lot of people don't believe that the work of the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit, they don't believe none of that is relevant anymore. But I, I want to show you by, by evidential Scripture, scriptural evidence and truth, that in this 21st century, the power of the Holy Spirit is just as real and relevant as it ever was. And that you and I need its influence in our life more than we ever had. The longer you live, the more you're going to need it. Hallelujah. I want to, we're going to first talk about the historical evidence and example. In other words, we're going to, if there is a Holy Spirit, then some kind of way we've got to see evidence and proof of it before Matthew. We've got to go back before Matthew. Hallelujah. If there's anything to it, we're going to, we're going to have to find some evidence back in, in the Old Testament. So we're going to start off with the historical evidence and example. The historical evidence and example of the reality and existence of the Holy Spirit is declared through the Old Testament writings. In fact, the Holy Scriptures were penned by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! There wouldn't even been a Holy there wouldn't even been Genesis through Malachi 
if it wasn't for the inspiration. Second Peter 1, 20-21 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. Hallelujah. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's referring to the Old Testament covenant, the Old Testament times. The Bible says by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. One reason why we have false teaching and erroneous stuff is people will go in the Word of God and they'll pick one Scripture out and they'll build a, they'll build a doctrine around one Scripture. You can't do that. It's not, it's not meant that way. You've got to let Scripture interpret it, Scripture. And if you can't find evidence somewhere else for what, for what your interpretation is of a Scripture, you better wad that interpretation you've got up and throw it as far away from you as you can get. Because it's no good. So we're going to go with at least one more Scripture talking about this in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture... It's given by inspiration of what? God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah. All Scripture. We want to focus on that inspiration of God. How in the world does God inspire? He inspires through means of His Spirit. That word inspiration, if you had a strong, exhaustive concordance, and you looked that word inspiration up according to the original Greek language, do you know, does it, can anybody tell me what that word inspiration meant? Huh? God breathed. God breathed. Do you know why? that I hold so much reliance on this book right here, that I live my life by it so much, and that I'll give up anything in this world and anybody in this world before I give this up. Because when I hold this in my hand, quit preaching my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going to be preaching tonight. I'm liable to get up here and do you the same thing. Hallelujah. When I hold this in my hand, you're holding the very breath of God. What is breath? It's life. It's spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know, maybe maybe this don't do as much for you as it does me, but man, it just causes something you just kind of stir a little bit in me. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Brother Bobby on the day of Pentecost, before before they was filled with the Spirit and before they began to speak in tongues, there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty what? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Oh, man, this is, this is good stuff. It's powerful stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. The breath of God. When you hold the book in your hand, you're holding God's breath. Because this... The words of this book was literally breathed on it by God. He used human uh, vessels, but God 
has always chosen to use human vessels. I'm glad He does. I want God to use me. What about you? What's that chorus that we sing around here? If you can use anything, Lord, use me. You can use me. Hallelujah. Amen. So, this is what we're talking about. Amen. This And this is some of the historical... And, and I could go a whole lot further than that. Oh, I could take you all the way back to, to creation before everything was put together in form. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word... The, no, that's John. Go all the way back to Genesis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God was moving, or it was hovering over the face of the waters. Glory to God. So there's plenty historical evidence, amen, of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now let's move on, and I've got to do so quickly. And let's talk about this life-imparting power. Life-imparting power. One of the major attributes of God's Holy Spirit is in the capacity of power which generates through it. Now, I could, I could get up here and I could, I could man, I could, I could spend weeks, I could spend weeks talking to you about all the attributes of the Holy Spirit. But one of the major attributes of the Holy Spirit is the capacity of the Spirit, the capacity of power which generates through it. All of the energy, power, and strength of God flow in and through His Spirit. Hallelujah. Everything that you know about the strength and the power of God flows through His Spirit. Without the Spirit, it don't come. It don't get there. I don't know why people want to deny the Spirit. I don't know why churches want to deny the Spirit. Without the Spirit, there's no power. Without the Spirit, there's no life. Without the Spirit, there's no authority. Glory to God. Everything God does through His creation. Mm, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faciliates through the Spirit. Everything. Hallelujah. How many of you ever got, how many of you have ever been healed? God ever, you ever been healed for anything? Hallelujah. If you were healed, you were healed through means of the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's how it come about. If you were born again, if you were you were saved. It was a spiritual birth. Hallelujah. There's no way. What I'm trying to, trying to get you to understand today, there's no way in getting around the Spirit if you're going to have any kind of relationship. When we talk about relationship with God, there's no way of getting around any kind of relationship at all with God without through His Spirit. There's no, there's no, other, no other means. There's no other means. Hallelujah. That, it's a life-imparting power. All the energy, power, and strength of God throw, flow in and through His Spirit. His Spirit was imparted unto the dead and lifeless body of the newly formed man called Adam, and that, that lifeless body became a living soul or a living being. 
Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Just leave it up there for a second. The Lord took the dirt that He had already previously made. Now, men today think they're real brilliant. And we, I mean, we've come a long way in technology. I understand that. And they want to do everything they can to try to mimic life itself, but they can't do it. Life only comes from God. It only comes from God. It, won't, it don't come nowhere else. God formed Adam, and there he laid on the ground. A lifeless form. Couldn't see, couldn't hear, couldn't speak, couldn't walk, couldn't think. That's, that's right, Brother Dale. That, that's the way you and I are without that spirit. But then he breathed. There's that breath again. That's the Spirit. Hallelujah. He breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. Breath of life. The breath of life. That's, that's a phrase speaking for the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, if the Holy Ghost was so powerful, how come God waited to the New Testament before he ever filled him? I want you to know something. Adam was filled with the Holy Ghost in the beginning. Hmm? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Adam was filled. He breathed in his nostrils a breath of life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm, my Lord. Man become a living soul, a living being. Hallelujah. That was not possible. It was not possible without the Spirit, without the breath of God. Those of you who study the Word of God know that the Bible designates Jesus Christ as being the second Adam. Anybody here knows pastors telling the truth here? Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. The first Adam became the father of a fleshly, carnal generation. Jesus Christ became the father... Oh, ooh, it makes some people upset when you call Jesus Christ the Father. My, my, my. Jesus Christ became the Father of a spiritual generation. Glory! Hallelujah! And His Spirit is a life-giving force. My God! Hallelujah! Glory to God! I was born as a child of the first Adam. Oh, hallelujah. But glory to God, one night in 1970 on a Sunday night in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, laying flat on my back, I became a child of the second animal. And I had a life-giving spirit. And I ain't never been the same since. Glory to God. Thank God, Brother Joseph, for that life-giving force. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm all the first Adam, but I'm also the second Adam. Glory to God. And the key to my overcoming and the key to my victory is which daddy I'm going to listen to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of people have 
in this world have two fathers. They have, you know, biological father. They have a stepfather. Hallelujah. Sometimes they're the biological father ain't worth a flip. If he was, they wouldn't have to have a, a stepfather. Well, my first father, my first Adam, he wound up not being worth a flip. My daddy, my first daddy, he was a child abuser. Glory. Hallelujah. I got diabetes. And you know why I got diabetes? My no good daddy put it on me. Hallelujah. Glory. Follow me now. Hallelujah. I didn't have this in my notes. I'm, I'm getting hooked up to the Spirit of God here. I'm, I'm having some of, that, some of that breath been blowing me right now. My first daddy was, a, was no count. He was no good. He was honorary. Hallelujah. Amen. He left me. Amen. And abandoned me to the devil. Mm. Oh, to God. Every time I have a headache, it's because of my, my first daddy. Every time I get sick and I vomit, it's because of my first daddy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some people want to blame God for all the, their evils and everything. Why, God, you allowed this to happen to me? Why am I having to go through this? God ain't got nothing to do with none of it. It's your first daddy. The one who was sorry, no count, good for nothing, and left you out in the cold. But you know what? Jesus Christ had a heart. He, Jesus Christ was, glory to God, He says, you know what? I, I'm coming to the earth. Hold on. I'm, God said, Jesus, God, I'm coming to the earth. I see a lot of children out there, amen, that are orphans. They were left orphans by their, by their first daddy. Amen. They're going through sickness. They're going through pain. Suffering and torment. Hallelujah. Because the first daddy... Hallelujah, let them out and go. Jesus says, I'm going down there and I'm going to create my own adoption agency. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to call up the church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm going to adopt me sons and daughters into my family. Glory to God. I'm going to be their second daddy. And I'm going to take them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. You know, just this come to my mind, but uh, <laughs> hallelujah. The Bible talks about the spirit of adoption. Hallelujah. Oh, to God. I call him Abba Father. Hallelujah. That's what the Hebrews said. Abba. Well, I'm an old American Southern boy, boy born and bred, and I just say daddy. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? He shows me the love that I never knew until I was adopted into his family. Mm, my Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I got. I got to take just one more. Is that all right? Let me. Let me. Glory. I got. I just take just one more. 
when he adopted me, he saw me and he adopted me. He gave me his name. Uh-huh. But you know what? A lot of times I've disobeyed him. All right. I've done things to get him upset. I've thrown temper tantrums. I've held my breath till I was blue in the face. But guess what? Now you got to keep up with with a little bit of news to, to relate to what I'm fixing to say. But thank God he ain't never put me back on a plane to Russia. Hallelujah. How many, you know, everybody know what I'm talking about? That seven year old kid dumped off on a plane sent back to Russia. Hallelujah. And he never will send you back. He ain't going to send you back. Well, yeah, they, they lied to me over there in Russia. This child was nothing like what I was expecting a child to be. I hate what I paid for. I've had this child six months and it's still acting up so. Send him, put him on a plane. Let him fly all that half across the world by itself on a plane. <laughs> oh, Lord of God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You're going to mess up a lot. You're going to do a lot of things a lot of times that's not going to make the Lord happy. But He ain't going to never put you on a plane and send you back to Egypt. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to put his arm around you. That's all right, son. We're going to work this thing out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You just stick with me. Hallelujah. We'll work it out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I gave you my name. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, you've got my inheritance. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got my inheritance. Hallelujah. Jesus says you are heir of mine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the spirit of adoption with the Holy Ghost. So, this this last Adam, my daddy, and I, I got I, I got to get back on track now because man, I I, so, I, I just got breathed on a while ago, and I, I took off a whole lot different than what I had here. Hallelujah! But First Corinthians fifteen and forty five. Hallelujah! And so it is written: the first man Adam became a living being. We read that back in Genesis. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. You want life? You want life and more abundantly? You want to have purpose in your life? Glory to God. You want to have joy in your heart and full of glory? Let that life given spirit permeate your being. Let it come in. Hallelujah. Let it change some things for the better. Hallelujah. Let it do its work in you. Hallelujah. Conclusion. Brother Darrell, I want you to come get a course ready. I'm fixing to shift this thing down. Now, we've considered in this first message of the series that we're going to be, I'll be teaching something or preaching something every Sunday, Lord willing. He might, there might be a Sunday that somebody needs something in their life specially and God might give me something for that Sunday. You know how that is. You know we'll, 
But right now, we're planning on this, staying with this, laying in here and to the culmination of Pentecost Sunday. But in this first message on the Holy Spirit, the nature of God's life-given force, we should understand the implications of that to someone who is dead in the sins of their flesh. Without any hope of a resurrected life in Jesus, when He returns one day, Hallelujah. You can be made alive by the power of that self-same Spirit and receive a place to sit together with Him in heavenly places and be guaranteed, as old Brother Daniel said, a heavenly home for all the ages to come. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. My final scripture. And you He hath made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you were once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others." But God, how many remember that? Hallelujah. About three, three years ago out at Tent, tent Revival. Hallelujah, Brother Tipton. But God, Thank God. hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Gasoline is getting back up there about like it was again, but we still say, but God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy because of His great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. (laughs) And raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceedingly riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. My, 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 my. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Stand with me. Hallelujah. God's life-giving force. If you don't have that life-giving force, you can get it today. You can receive it. All you got to do is repent. Just repent. Hallelujah. Just say, Father, forgive me. That's it. You can receive that life-given force. And it can permeate your life. And it can change everything. You can be adopted. Hallelujah. You can get out from under the effects of your first daddy. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell, sing the chorus. Anybody wants to come and pray, the altars are open. Hallelujah. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me I'm so glad Jesus lifted me I'm so glad Jesus lifted me 
sing it glory, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus lifted me. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. Oh, and I'm so glad that Jesus you lift. Come on up here. Let the saints of God pray with you. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Oh, and I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus lifted me. Come on and sing. And I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. Yes, and I'm so glad that Jesus, Jesus lifted, lifted me. me. Singing glory. Have you been lifted in a while? 